Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson, giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into Batter Up on this Wednesday, June 8th. Caleb Johnson here with my co-host Joe Patrick. Joe, how's it going, man? We're going to have a good vibes podcast, Caleb, for the first time in forever. This is amazing. Braves Braves won six in a row. We have a really interesting uh, Alex Anthopoulos interview that we're going to kind of discuss throughout the podcast that's kind of informing us uh, that he did with Dukes and Bell earlier this week as well. Um, Just like a lot of good stuff to talk about. I finally feel optimistic about this team, probably for like the first time all season, really. I mean, it was kind of bad bad vibes from the get-go, except for the fact that you were still kind of celebrating the victories from last year and the championship from last year. Aside from that, though, the play on the field had never really been super encouraging. And this is finally the first time where it feels like things are starting to click in all areas of the team. The offense, the pitching, it's all kind of coming together finally. How are you feeling? It, it's weird. It's one of those where if you had asked me saturday because i think i did a uh i was talking with nick hale on saturday and he asked me what i thought about the team and it was like i mean yay they're finally actually winning some games you know i'm not making a big deal of it however where we are now the fact that they're able to keep the streak going but it's how they are winning games it, it is what you know the, the small things that are going on about the fact that guys are hitting the fact that you see a rotation fleshed out you know that i feel mm-hmm. very comfortable you know it, it's all mm-hmm. the little things um and and i'm even strangely and i don't want to jump ahead of, of some of the conversation i know we'll end up having but um i'm even seeing a team that just needs a little of this little of that uh before making another run now it, it's not going to be easy with obviously everything that's that's happening with the mets right now but it, mm-hmm. it's just I think it's it's a breath of, of you know a breath of fresh air a sigh of relief totally. whatever other you know uh, corny phrase that I can use about this team just because it's like finally you know I just it, just finally it looks like a team that's having fun for maybe the yes. first time this year it looks like a team that's confident especially when you look at the you know the way that these guys are performing at the plate 
I think when you see a guy like Matt Olson start to break out this week, at least maybe not like he's been good all season in terms of like the hits have been there for him. The doubles rate has been kind of crazy all year, but he's just been really unlucky with none of these kinds of big hits coming with in, in many significant situations with runners on base. And he'd really struggled in those situations for him finally to get some big hits some big three run homers, knock in some runs. I think that kind of gives guys, you know, good vibes throughout the lineup to see a big piece like him start to do that. I think we're starting to see a very similar thing with Ronald Acuna Jr. who hit two mammoth home runs yesterday on Tuesday. And that is of course, uh, following his game, his series against the Rockies, where he ended that one with a homer, so he had actually homered in three straight at bats. I think that also gets guys a little juice, and I think it just gets everybody. You know, not just the team, but you know, the fans, us clearly <laughs> are in a better mood. So I think that it's just like a there's a confidence shift, a, a, a real vibe shift within the team um, that's really exciting. And again, it really needed to happen. We talked. Last week, we said we were kind of discouraged because it's not that it was, like, terrible. It's not like they were pulling a, an Angels <laughs> or, like, losing a ton of games, but they just weren't really taking advantage of this kind of easier portion of the schedule that they were entering at that point. Now, I don't think they've lost a game <laughs> since we – I think yeah. they've lost one game since we last spoke, but uh, it really has – they really have turned on the after boosters, and it doesn't seem like – it's going to stop, you know? It seems like this is a, a sustainable thing because of what you're getting in the pitching department. Uh, Joe, for, for one, just to, to kind of do a correction, uh, just that, no, they they literally haven't lost. They haven't since, lost, okay. Since we there last talked. That there was, you, it, you know, they had, they had won the first game on Wednesday, and, and, and since last week, all wins, which is just crazy. I was actually telling you, I was trying to remember before we started uh, when Spencer Strider pitched this past week, and I've usually been able to look at the schedule and go, okay, well, I remember that was a loss and that was a win. And so that that's how I kind of keep in my head of, of who pitched what night. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at the schedule, you're like, when, 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 you're like, oh, okay, I can't remember, you know, who, uh, well, like, it's, and, it's nice. And what, and what, like, a crazy circumstance that was for the Braves on that Friday and Saturday where, there was just like no run. You were going into extra innings with like no runs yeah. scored during those games. So while the pitching performances were kind of different because of the way that things played out in the game on Saturday, that free uh, that uh, uh, Strider started versus the dominant start that Max Fried had, uh, it was just kind of funny the way that both those games played out. Especially after the Braves had piled on for whatever it was like thirteen runs in the first game of that Rockies series. So it was an interesting one. It always is up there in cores. It's like you never know what to expect in a given game just because of all the obviously volatility that that stadium presents. But um, yeah, man, it's been, uh, it's been good. It's been, it's really uh, re revitalized. <laughs> yeah. I was feeling pretty down about this team. If that wasn't kind of clear from having listened to this podcast. Well, and I think that was my thing is, is just a, a game or two into uh, this Colorado series. I'll, I'll say, yeah, two games into this Colorado series, it was kind of like, this is another good sign. We've been here before where, you know, cause I think that was um, Friday was when they had finally won three straight. And that was when mm -hmm. it was like, okay, getting over the hump. Like it, it matters to get over the hump and, and to be able to win three straight where they hadn't been able to all season um, winning an extra innings game that mattered that counted for something. Yeah. But I just wasn't willing to let my guard down just yet because 
we'd seen this team come back from those moments of thinking, finally, here it's all going to click. And then you had an issue here, issue there. You had you likely would have run into a situation where Ronald Acuna was injured again. Um, and now we're not having that. And I, that's something I, w- I want to talk to you about, Joe, yeah. is just the fact of Ronald Acuna, as recent as last night, says he feels 100% healthy. Now, I obviously know he's a guy who he's probably going to say he's 100% even when he's, you know, 51% mm-hmm. um, just because uh, he if he feels the slightest bit healthy, he's going to play like he's 100%, and we love that about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it, he looks healthy, yeah. and I think that's been the difference is we've caught moments in the past, especially – these stints that he's had where he's not necessarily hitting the injured list, but we know he's everything's not right. Um, that seems to be potentially in the past, and that's that's one of those, like, sky's the limit when that's the case. Yeah, I think you could see it kind of just on his face, on his body language, that he's feeling a lot more confident that he is kind of his old self again. I mean, I was standing right in front of him when we was given that interview last night in Clubhouse when he said that. Uh, he was feeling 100%. What I actually got from that was maybe he, – and he didn't say this specifically. It's very hard for him to express, you know, in a lot of nuance, like, you sure. know, how he feels because of the translator and everything like that. But So I'm going to speculate a little bit here as to what he's, what he's thinking and what he's feeling. But I, I really feel like he's feeling 100% in terms of what he can deliver when he's in the batter's box. Like, he feels like he's – he can he can hit the ball 470 feet, you know. Again, like yeah. he proved uh, on Tuesday. I think that he would admit that you know it takes more of a toll on him. He's he's still maybe you know building his body up to withstand the wear and tear of a very long baseball season. And obviously, the Braves have um, said as much that they are trying to protect him, and they have been doing that so far this season. But um, I, I think where, what he was really getting at was that he feels like he can finally be the full Ronald Acuna Jr. again when he's playing on the field, which is really exciting. And then the other thing that caught my ear last night after the game was Brian Snicker also talking, saying that, you know, they're like, I think he said like ready to let him loose or something like well, that. And and that's really exciting to hear. Yeah, that that's what I was about to say is, you know, you were talking about what, how Ronald was explaining things. And of course, you know, Franco's always going to try to clean it up the best that he can. <laughs> um, you know, don't want to give us too much. Uh, <laughs> but... It felt unrestricted was the the yeah. word that came to mind. Yeah. Of and I have to imagine when he's been dealing with the groin thing, when he's been dealing with you know just some of these little minor things that are flaring up for him. I have to wonder when he's standing in the box, if it's kind of like, all right, well, I don't want to go, you know, full power. Or I don't want to go, you know, full hip thrust or or twist. You know, whatever. You know, whether it's his legs or you know. Just because I, I don't want to mess something up, um, and I, totally. you know, I, I feel like that would hold him back. Obviously, as a player, I remember somebody last week, and I tweeted it out, and I couldn't find the article. Somebody last week wrote an article. I can't remember if it was the Athletic or Bowman with MLB.com or who it was about, you know, the concerns with Ronald Acuna Jr. losing his power uh, as of late, and that it's like, yeah, then. Three home runs. Uh, yeah, right. I think we're good. I think we're okay. You know, and I mean, you look at it, he's he's OPSing nine forty five, so he's like already like immediately back up to you know among the major league leaders, you know, <laughs> uh, right at the top of the game. 
I was just about to say, sorry, speaking of OPS, uh, did you happen to see Christian Pache's numbers? No, uh, I didn't. It's, what it's, if- it's in the 400s. Oh, um, no. No. it's one of those, like, I remember, I re- cause I, I mean, obviously I haven't been following the Oakland A's. Like, I don't know what's really going on until they came to town and, you know, seeing Christian Pache, I had heard that he had had some pop early in the season. And so I was kind of like, Oh, I, you know, I hope like things are going well for him. And he's batting like 178 and, you know, with like a 460 or 480 uh, yeah. OPS. And I was just like, Oh, like, well, I'm glad you bring him up, Caleb, because it, it lets us kind of call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Transition this conversation to Michael Harris, who yes. to me is kind of in, he's kind of in a similar situation as, as Pache was. I think that it's a little different. Pache obviously starting the season in the, with the major league team uh, last year, but both of these guys are you know, highly touted prospects coming into play center field that this team hopes they can kind of hold down that position for years and years and kind of be a a cornerstone. And I'm trying to figure it out in my own head why I feel differently about Michael Harris than I do about Christian Pache. Because if you were to have asked me, and I'm sure what I was saying when Christian Pache came up was that uh, it doesn't really matter as much about how um, how good or poor he is at the plate because of some of the things he gives you elsewhere. He's obviously got the, the great glove and the the general speed and all that stuff, but maybe it's just because Michael Harris does actually seem like a tad bit faster and the glove does seem to be even better than, than Christian Pache's and he's giving you at least competitive at-bats and he's putting the bat on the ball. It's not like he's tearing the cover off the ball or anything, but he's been decent he's been like you know he's hitting ninth so it's not like you expect a ton he's hitting 243 he's you know he's not at least striking out on a consistent basis so I don't know but but I'm still not sure why I feel so much more confident in Michael Harris than I do Pasha do you have any do you do you have any of these feelings I was just about to say I can explain to you why at least in my opinion is that Michael Harris has hit at every other level like Mm, it, it was not it was not a thing where you knew like, I mean, Christian Pache really wasn't hitting at yeah. any level that he played in. It was always one of those, like, 
man, if the if the bat can ever catch up to the glove, this guy's gonna be incredible. And he had that big frame, so there was like a you could you could say like, oh well, he can project to be this kind of sure. Thing. And and it and it made sense. I mean, it's still it's one of those like it still could happen. The yeah, yeah. So that's what, I mean, he was a huge trade piece in that deal. Yeah. yeah I, the only it's the sad part uh, of of the game is you know how things the clock does get sped up on guys, uh, and so it does cause kind of a make or break situation where if he doesn't work out in Oakland, then you know then you run the risk of becoming a journeyman and and bouncing around that sort of thing. The, mm. the thing with Michael Harris is that he's got pop. We've seen him have pop. It's not translating yet, but I didn't necessarily think – I wasn't expecting power when he stepped right. up to the major leagues. Right. Um, I mean, he's facing the best pitching that he's ever seen in his entire life. And sure, at the beginning, those first couple of games, it was like, uh-oh. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, this yeah. is not good because uh, he definitely looked completely overmatched. Yeah, as to where you know what, and that kind of brings me to something again that we referenced earlier: the interview that Alex Anthopoulos did with Dukes and Bell, which is him just saying that Michael Harris is like he's at least giving us competitive at bats. You know, he's got yes. nine hits in ten games. It's not you know earth shattering, but it's not like it's nothing either. Yeah, um, so that helps. Well, I was about I was about to say until what I think the last two games, like he went a four game stretch where he had seven hits. Uh, that's not bad. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can, I can deal with that. He was also, he was driving in some runs. Um, mm-hmm. I, what in that first game, I think it was against Colorado, but it, it's just one of those like, yeah, like I, ex- I expect the bat to catch up as he gets tied. The thing with Pache was he was touted for his defense. And then when him and Ender Enciarte were split in time in center field, then Pache's defense started lacking, and I think his defense was lacking because he was mentally, you know, checked out or having issues yeah. because of the the bat. And so, yeah. the the de- that's something I remember about Pache was that the defense when he got to the major leagues did not even look particularly good. In fact, no. I remember him taking like very weird routes to 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 pretty standard fly balls. Uh, so much different than the catch that Michael Harris makes last <laughs> yeah. night. I mean, obviously he's already made a few like diving catches, spectacular grabs out in the outfield. But I think that that one yesterday, where he didn't even have to dive for it, really kind of takes the cake from all of them because he was shaded out into left field and makes a catch in right field at a full sprint that you know was just spectacular. Well, and Kyle Wright even said it was the best catch he's ever seen. I was about to say, I don't know if you saw. Obviously, being in the game, you might not have caught this. Uh, Andrew Jones was in attendance. When you cause Andrew Jones to open his <laughs> mouth and go, oh, you did a good thing. Yeah, like, like yeah. you did something impressive. And yeah. so it's one of those, yeah, to play, to, to you know, to make that kind of play, to, to surprise Andrew Jones, to catch him, you know, kind of off guard. Yeah, the defense is definitely there. Um, and that's, you know, when you got Max Freed coming to the podium on some, like, yeah, that kid, you know, I, mm-hmm. I mean, um, and, and Kyle Wright, I, you know, to your, to your point, you were saying Kyle Wright, when he's out there talking about, yeah, I don't have to worry right. about the outfield, you know, we're like, we know what this infield can do. I never have to worry about that, but um, that's a, that's a massive change from where we were a week ago, two weeks yeah. ago, you know, and, like, and, and, and something that Kyle Wright said specifically was that he said, it makes me a more confident pitcher yeah. knowing a guy like Michael Harris is out there able to gobble up those fly balls, which 
I mean, that really does change the game for a pitcher. If, if that's true, if that makes you a better pitcher because you feel like it's okay to, to give up some of those harder hit balls, um, that really does change things, and it makes it worth it to have a guy like him out there despite the bat. But again, the bat's not even that big of an issue. Yeah. Also, I want to reference something that Alex Anthopoulos talked about in that Dukes and Bell interview um, where he was he was saying, like, the reason why we're doing what we're doing with Michael Harris, the reason why we're taking a chance um, on Spencer Strider start, like, they're essentially, they're going all out. Like, they are mm-hmm. exhausting their options. This is not something that the Braves have necessarily been known for until last year. Um, and he said it's not something they wanted to do, ideally. Yeah. And that, but that's fair. Like, I like that form of honesty yeah, where, yeah. Where, where you go, you know, yeah, we didn't really want to, but we, I like that they weren't afraid to, you know, he said, like, he said, if he can help us win games and we're in a winning mode, then we're going to do what it takes to win yeah. more ball games. And that's exactly, I think what any Braves fan would want to hear. Absolutely. It's one of, it's makes, it, it reminds me of like, <laughs> why do fans love Alex Anthopoulos? Um, outside of the crazy, the crazy uh, trade deadline last year, it's for stuff like this. It is the fact of Brace fans are so used to whining and complaining about like, oh, if they would just do thus and so, then they could start winning and they could win a World Series. And now you've seen the guy go, okay, yeah, we'll show you. And sometimes that's not always worked. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the throwing. Kyle Muller, the throwing Tucker Davidson, um, the in years past the um, I always forget Bryce's last name. Bryce Elder. Um, Bry- uh not Bryce Elder. Um, Bryce Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> I like see his his face pops up in my head. I'm always like, what is your name? <laughs> um, so unforgettable, or so forgettable, I should say. Um, but yeah, like he's he's been willing to make those moves in the past that are oh, right, yeah, that are somewhat risky. You know, it could backfire. Mm-hmm. Um, it it pulls the tags off of of new clothes of, is the you know <laughs> thought that yeah. I've used in the past. Yeah. Um, and so you know what you have is it are they good quality or not? Um, and I think Michael Harris is in the long run going to be a great quality guy who is I think his bat's going to catch up. It's just going to take a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree, and I, I don't see him really losing his spot because of the t- kinds of things we've been seeing from him in the field over this the course of the last week. So with that, at, l- let's presume that let's presume that Michael Harris is going to be this team center fielder for the rest of the season on a day to day basis. And I'm curious to have this conversation about like h- how does this or does it kind of change change the calculus of how you construct this batting order or or how you, just how you put together the the day to day lineup. Um, because this outfield has really kind of been a consternation for Brian Snicker this year in terms of how do you fit in, you know, a William Contreras when you have Marcelo Zuna out here, you know, in left field, like all, all this stuff. I feel like now that you have Michael Harris locked in as your center fielder, you've got Ronald Acuna. Sounds like, based on what we heard last night, that he is going to start playing right field more, that they're probably not going to DH him as much or start, you know, so now you've got Marcelo Zuna out there, probably as your standard left fielder. But does he is he able to move into a to a DH role like he was kind of initially planned? Uh, I, I just think that the the addition of Michael Harris at least gives you a lot more flexibility 
in how Brian Snicker can construct a lineup. And I think that, you know, when you compare Ozuna and William Contreras, you know, if you're looking for who's going to be your DH on a given day, you know, maybe it gives you some opportunities to rest Marcel Ozuna where he's been having to play every single day. And I think it allows, you know, Adam Duvall, I think we're already starting to see some of the benefits of him just getting some time out of the lineup to just, you know, just get a rest, you know, and, and reset yourself a little bit. I think it'll be good for a lot of these guys. Yeah, well, and that was, I mean, it was something that Adam Duvall literally could not do. Uh, yeah. You know, they couldn't afford to not have his glove out there. And now you've reached a point where, yeah, it feels like you only have one, you know, quote unquote, weak spot um, or question mark as far as, because now we've reached a point, Ronald Acuna, hadn't he played like, is it four or five games? Yeah, consecutively in right field. Yeah. Um, yep. I mean, we're reaching a point where he's not much in question, which is so mm-hmm. nice. Once again, you know, I'm um, curious on a game like tonight where that field was that outfield was very waterlogged. When I left, there was a lot of rain. It's going to be soft out there. I do wonder, I don't, well, Lena's probably out. I don't know if he's uh, um, in right field tonight, but I'll be curious if like field conditions and things like that could impact the Braves decision. The the other kind of guy we don't have to talk too much in depth about him, but I was asking about him this morning on on the morning show today was Eddie Rosario, and you know he's yes. starting to shag some balls and do some workouts and things, coming back from his like macular hole or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, it's still a ways off, but when he does return, I mean, the guy has essentially lost his spot. He was like a regular starter. That's not going to be the case when he returns. Um. But then again, there's just like, there's another kind of guy that figures into all this. I was about to say, uh, so Alex Antopoulos, once again, mentioned um, Eddie Rosario in that Dukes and Bell interview saying that he's, a, he's among the guys they're going to revisit at the All-Star uh, break. Mm. So that's when they're going to start looking at what the, you know how things are progressing with Eddie Rosario he basically, he basically said he was like we're gonna stretch like he, we're gonna give him the most amount of time yes <laughs> for the rehab yeah and that's why like I I'm putting very little stock into us seeing Eddie Rosario until much later in the season um and, and if we don't see him at all wouldn't entirely surprise me because he it was it, it was Alex Anthopoulos I think did an interview with someone else uh, before Dukes and Bell on Monday, when he said something about like the vision hasn't completely come back for Eddie Rosario yet, mm. um, and that's one of those things that like you know that'll that'll make your you know antennas yeah. go up you know yeah. <laughs> on some like <laughs> yeah uh, that's not good um, and so obviously absolutely wish him the best um, he's been put on the sixty day injured list which I you know I'm pretty sure can be retroactive. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a certain point, but like I mean, like you were talking about, uh, Alex Anthopoulos on Dukes and Bell said that position players can play 20 games uh, on a rehab assignment, and it sounded like they would expect when they actually send him on a rehab assignment, he will play all 20, Every 20. <laughs> of those. Um, yep. And you know, and I think that was one of those, like, then they will revisit if they have to put him back on the injured list. It's just... Um, yeah. Either, either way, either either way, uh, it's uh, what they what they call champagne problems to have uh, more sure. players. <laughs> so sure. uh, the the addition of Michael Harris makes everything easier, not harder, and it just gives Brian Singer more 
choices. And one thing also, I don't want to spend too much time on, but I do want to mention, because uh, this is something that I I feel like I need to say I was wrong about, that we're reaching a point, um, and that is the use of William Contreras. I was a guy who was like, you know, two weeks ago, you need to get his bat in the lineup however you can do it. He needs to be playing all the time, da 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 Mm-hmm. And then uh, Steven, I'm trying to remember Steven's last name from over at Battery Power, um, wrote a great article about the fact of you've got to be a lot more careful with William Contreras now because he is the backup catcher. Um, mm, or as as Steven phrased it, he is the co-starter, um, especially with the number of games that Travis Darnot has started mm-hmm. taking off recently. Mm-hmm. Um which I don't, I don't think we're dealing with a like you know, <laughs> Travis Darno needs to take the night off. So like I, I think he's really you know probably dealing with a little something nagging him a bit. Um, well, I mean let, let, let's talk about this a little bit. Let's just make this a little a little bit of its own segment because I I do you know <laughs> there there is all this consternation to your point about William Contreras and. It's so funny to me, like the catching position. I think that what Steven says is absolutely perfect, which is that it is a kind of their co-starters. Yeah. I don't know any team that's really relying on one catcher to kind of no. Maybe maybe there's a, no. maybe there's a handful of them, like a JT Realmoto and and some of the best ones, but like every team is using two catchers to some extent. Some are platooning more than others, but I think it's perfectly suitable. For the Braves to have two guys like Contreras and Darno, who you can rotate in and out and get, you know, give them relatively split time 50 50. Now, once you get to like a postseason, you might rely on Travis Darno a little more just because of his repertoire with the with the pitching staff and his, you know, defensive ability and things like that. But uh, no, I totally agree that, you know, these these guys should split time. And, you know, we were kind of laughing together. Um, because uh, our our colleague John Chuckery at night had a had a rant about Ooh. about this, saying how uh, Contreras need to be like the starter, you know, is basically saying exactly what uh, I was saying. That we the way we should not be thinking about this position, which is that you really need two guys, and so the Braves should just be very very fortunate that there are two guys here that are producing basically better than any other team in baseball has going at the catcher position. Yeah, and I was about to say that was the night that Travis Darno. Um, <laughs> went off for two homers and a yeah, grand slam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just <laughs> bad, you know, bad luck, Chuck. Just um, a little bit um, bad timing so, happens with us all in radio. Yeah. So what he's he's dealing with it's the it's the forearm that's bothering him right now. Tra- Travis Darno that's kept him out of the lineup for a little bit. Um, I the reason why I brought up William Contreras' use is because um, you know that article from from battery power i want to give them their credit because they're absolutely spot on and pointing out the fact of like yeah you might not want to play him every day as much as you want that bat in the lineup um you don't want to wear this guy out because he is playing one of the most difficult and like physically demanding positions in baseball and catching uh and so it won't be as big of a deal if we now reach and, and but this has all changed in just a couple of weeks because like uh, I mean you know you lose Manny Pena for sure and then you have to start thinking like this where uh, you know where William Contreras was looked at as like throw him out in left field let's figure something out um, it's like no 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 he is 
he is the backup catcher now. Mm-hmm. Um, Steven so, Tolbert, by the way, just to Stephen clarify. Steven Tolbert, thank you. Uh, yeah, did a great He's job. B underscore outliers. Did a great job writing about, you know, just the fact that we've got to, you got to be more careful because if you run into a spot where Contreras gets injured, mm-hmm. now you're looking at like you were last season where you're calling up some guys, uh, you know what I mean? I love Steven Vogt, and you know he he deserves his ring. He got his ring yesterday. That's great, along with Christian Pache. But the fact that Steven Vogt was really relied upon to catch some really important games, and yeah. I, I realized some of it was you know COVID related and that sort of thing. But um, you know there was some there were some ugly names at the oh, Braves. Yeah. You know Jeff Mathis. Guys they went through that, like seven pit, yeah. seven catchers last year or something like yeah. that. Crazy the guys that 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 yeah, the Braves Mathis, were, you know, were putting behind the plate. You know, yeah. But that's the thing is, I mean, Jeff it, Mathis it, is a nice like coach at this point in his career. Yeah, but he's not, <laughs> not, not, and really not a, a not a guy that you want to have to call on because you're dealing with with yeah. injuries or, or that sort of thing. So that is, yeah. it, it's one of the. I just want to say that because I know I had been on here talking about like we need to get Contreras in the lineup as much as possible and i thought at that moment it was true um but we've now reached a different point and so it does need to be clarified that you know things change i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, uh, as much as Spencer Strider is now a part of this rotation. That is for sure. Like, that is set in stone. Alex Anthopoulos talked about it on Dukes and Bell once again, saying that, you know, Strider is a guy that um, they they he has so much talent that they were putting him in the best position for him to help the team at mm-hmm. that time. And because the fifth rotation spot became a revolving door, unfortunately, Bryce Elder, Tucker Davidson, um, Kyle Muller, couldn't, no one could take over the spot. Um, Waskar Noah, which feels like a forgotten name at yeah, this point. Yeah, wow, wow. Um, you, for, it's nice to have a guy like you know in your back pocket there, you know, just yeah. like working. And he had a great start last night, by the way, uh, through seven innings, no hits, three oh, wow. walks. Yeah. Well, maybe a guy that, you know, get some time not in the fifth rotation spot because uh, because that was the thing that Alex Anthopoulos <laughs> drilled in is he was like no this is a guy who we think is a starter he has started at every level uh, and it seems like this is his place to stay because a- as much as he has shown some some rookie moments um, overall the stuff's been really good and he seems to have locked that spot down so I definitely understand where Alex Anthopoulos is coming from here. And I believe him. Like, I, I do think that, you know, Spencer Strider, I think he's going to be a, an, in this starting rotation here for the next couple months at least. But I do think that 
you know, there there is the opportunity for things to change down the line. And sure. what I just continue to think about is Mike Soroka, the reintroduction of Mike Soroka. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see how things are going at that point in the season when he does seem ready to return to this team. I'm curious as to whether they might use Soroka in a bullpen role uh, because – you know, you could use him in kind of a similar spot in the way that you use Spencer Strider, where you could use him in some spots where he's, you know, going multiple innings. Um, you're not going to have to worry about him hitting, so there's n- nothing like, like that to fear. Um, or do you move Strider back into that role because he's more familiar with it? He's already done it this year, and, you know, Soroka is more comfortable as a starter. I don't know, but I, I do think that that's going to be something that, you know, the Braves are going to have to contend with. And again, speaking of champagne problems, I mean, this, yeah. is, this is just great when you're adding another proven in, you know, pitcher. Obviously, we have to temper our expectations for Soroka, but it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle that situation. If I had to speculate about how they would go about treating Mike Soroka, I would think, if healthy, that he enters in a bullpen role because it's less taxing, um, you know, being used rarely I, I would say um more than your your standard you know, your, your standard you know um Colin McHugh before he hit the injured list uh Kenley Jansen that those sorts of guys um and then I would wonder about late in the season because uh, we're, we're getting to a point like it's gonna be late in the year before we actually see him I think um you know August September mm-hmm. sort of scenarios that's a point where you could actually go to a six man and then get some guys some extra rest as you head into the playoffs. That's how I would be interested to see if they go about uh, using Soroka just just for the fact of that late in the season to to introduce him like that, you got to do it so carefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, so going bullpen and then six man. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, unless, you know, something catastrophic just happens to somebody else, um, then you're right. It is champagne problems where you're having to figure it out and, and maybe giving some guys some extra rest. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, one of the things also that to, to think about is that sometimes if a, if a guy's coming out of the bullpen, it may be a little bit easier to manage his innings. And so maybe that is another yeah. reason why they could use Soroka in that role is because you can just manage him. A little bit better, you know. Maybe there's like you want to keep him down a few extra days or something, and so you don't then have your rotation kind of scrambling. So um, there are definitely some reasons to have caution with Mike Sorokin. First of all, I mean we don't know exactly how good he's going to be. Uh, we all hope that he's the same guy eventually that he was, but when he first comes back, you just don't know exactly what you're going to be getting. So um, yeah, I don't know. It, it will it will be interesting. I do think I just I just keep thinking about this rotation, especially after a night like last night where we saw Kyle Wright give up a couple runs in the first inning and then end up pitching eight innings in a freaking yeah. gem. Just I think yeah. he only allowed like two base runners after the first inning yeah. last night. Um, I mean, this has got to be just because of mainly because of the way that he's performed this year. It's got to be one of the better possible outcomes for this Braves rotation the way that it's kind of sorted itself out, even despite the fact that, you know, Waskar, you wasn't the guy that you hoped you would be and things like that, but just to have obviously the ACE that you have in Max Freed, you have a pretty consistent young improving pitcher in Ian Anderson. Uh, you've got obviously what I've just described with Kyle Wright and like Charlie Morton is kind of like the guy who's, like your your most volatile pitcher right now, you're you're kind of your your biggest unknown. Who's, 
exactly. Who's a veteran pitcher and knows exactly what he's doing uh, out there. It's a very good situation for this team. Yeah, he's like throwing forty pitches in the first <laughs> inning and still going five. You <laughs> yeah, know? that was like, amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, it's it, that's one of those uh, could could be a lot worse. You know. Yeah, and uh, and I and I think that it's one of the reasons why this team there's a lot of hope that they can maintain not, you know, obviously they're not going to win games at the rate that they're currently winning them forever, but you can have a very consistent stretch, long stretch of the season. When you get consistent performances like this out of your starting rotation, Uh, they're the ones who can really kind of set that baseline for you. And, you know, the offense, you know, only needs a goal to, you know, score X amount of runs per game. And then you're going to win the vast majority of those games. So it's a good situation. Yeah, it's also building into a situation where we're getting to a point that I'm not totally convinced that any real significant moves are going to get made to this team at the trade deadline. Um, you know, it's something that gets a lot of attention because of last year. Uh, but this team is clicking at a point that I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, um, I'm not saying no moves are going to be done because I still think. Uh, you know, you and I had talked about the fact of you've got the Kyle Muller, you got Tucker Davidson, you've got mm-hmm. Bryce Elder, you got young guys that probably aren't going to be a part of this future, and so mm-hmm. uh, they've got value. But as far as any like major moves, I don't, I don't know yeah. that's going to happen. Like we maybe uh, were thinking two right. weeks ago, right? You know? A couple weeks ago, what we were ta- <laughs> we were talking about outfielders. You know, are you yeah. going to be able to trade for an outfielder or something? And with Michael Harris, I think that you've kind of solve that situation pretty well to the point where you wouldn't want to go out and make a trade like that. I agree with you. I mean, I think that to your point, I think that it, it's not the, you're not saying that the Braves won't make any deals. No. I think that they're very likely to bolster the, the bullpen, you sure. know, because Absolutely. of what's with what's happened with Tyler Matzik, you know, you've had some, you've had to rotate through some bodies there and that's the perfect opportunity to do something like you did in 2019, where the team trades a few pitching prospects and picks up some, veteran bullpen arms like that year they got Shane Green, Mark Melanson, those types. I don't know how much payroll they're going to be at, able to add. I, From what I understand, they have some payroll. They always kind of plan to be able to add a little bit midseason, and I, I certainly expect them to do something like that. But I agree with you. I mean, I don't expect them to really kind of shake up the core of this team at all, especially if they are able to continue the momentum that they've built over the last week and, and start to get themselves into, you know, stronger and stronger contention to make the playoffs to, and yeah. to, by the way to that point i was looking at baseball reference like two weeks ago they were like 70 percent to make playoff odds and then last week i remember we, we pointed this out and talked about it a little bit they had dropped down to like 56 percent yep. and now they're back up to like 72 so things yeah. are trending well well i mean it's still going to be difficult because that's one of the things i wanted to talk about as we kind of wrap this up is the fact of the braves have won six straight and then you go check the National League East standings, and you're like, God, the freaking eight Mets, games, man. <laughs> eight <laughs> games behind the Mets. Yeah, this is what we were saying. This and they was, picked up a couple games in like yeah, the last two games. Exactly. Um, but that was, you know, that's what I, like we knew this was going to be a problem. We said this was going to be a problem. The Braves were gonna have to put some winning streaks like this together to get back into the conversation. Uh, I was one who went on Nick Kale and said, I think for the Braves to make any significant moves, they would need to be about five games behind the Mets. Um, well, in just this short amount of time, um, you know, I, I feel like not to like swing too far the other way, but just based on, you know, kind of the conversation we were just having is like, yeah, I don't know that there's anything that big that needs to be made, but 
they still need to close ground because I do not like mm-hmm. having to compete for a wild card position, uh, especially every time I look at that National League West. I'm just like, it scares well, me. T- to give credit once again to uh, Battery Power, great guys over there, by the way. We, Absolutely. We are, we are friends of uh, of everybody over there, the Battery Power crew. Um uh, Scott Coleman was talking about how you know this situation that the Braves are in right now with a very winnable schedule. The Mets have a much more difficult schedule during this same exact period. So uh, it you know this is kind of a time for the Braves to hopefully be able to make up some ground and, and you know eat into this lead that they built up a little bit. Helps by the fact that you know Pete Alonso got knocked out of the game last night, got hit by on the hand. Starling Marte also left that game injured. So a couple big pieces. Mm. Lost for the Mets. I don't know how long those guys are going to be out for. Yeah. I haven't checked the, the wire to see if they've been diagnosed with anything. But um, this isn't this is an opportunity. And even regard regardless of the Mets, I mean, you want to win the division, no doubt, obviously. But you know, when you just look at the standings right now, the wild card is looking a lot better <laughs> than it did. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, where you were you know a handful of games out behind some of these teams in the wild card spots. You're right there in the mix now. Yeah. No. No. You're right. It's just. Uh... I'm always one of like, yeah, don't want to have to worry about. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it gets really hairy out. when you're in the wild card yeah. race in the, you know, down the stretch of the season, especially with two slots and you got you know competitive teams. Yeah, that was not fun. It's scary. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I mean, when you've got three teams in the National League West who are are fighting for the playoffs and you you know typically have a better record than the Braves do, I think all three of those teams, um, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. In the National League West, do right now, mm-hmm. uh, and and then two in the National League Central. It, it's just one of those like, yeah, it makes me a little uncomfy, and let's just win the division, so we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, I agree. But once again, like like the Braves are on a series of games on finish, a heater. Yeah, finish out with with Oakland tonight, and then four against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, another potential sweep opportunity. You know, wouldn't that yep. be incredible to? To just go on, on a on a crazy long. What you just had uh, um, the Angels fire a manager over losing twelve. How about the Braves win twelve? You know that yeah. would that would be a fun one. Um, and then I feel like we're having more positive conversations instead of the doom and gloom that, that I feel like we've been breathing the last. <laughs> well, I feel like uh, the, the doom and gloom has really uh, motivated the team to start playing better. No, absolutely. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Just my own mind. Uh, you know, like like. That's going to be my coaching style as a parent is the like, you know, <laughs> you suck. Come on. You know, like, yeah, you know, that's uh, not not the come on. You could do it. You know, just uh, it's gonna be OK. Yeah. Yeah. We want we want the best. I'm kidding. But uh, uh, anything else you want to add, Joe, before we get out of here? Uh, no, I think we've covered mostly everything. All the all the good stuff. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening in. We'll be back next week for another episode where hopefully we're, we're still dealing with a Braves winning streak uh, for my for my partner Joe Patrick I'm Caleb Johnson have a good one this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 